0: you know. Welcome to the Level Up Podcast. Our goal is that by listening to our podcast, you will be inspired to level up. With the help of some amazing guests, we'll be inspired by some inspirational success stories and find out how you can level up your business, your life, and your relationship with yourself. Because I know that by leveling up and balancing these three aspects of your life, you can make a difference and impact the lives around you. Level Up Podcast will be a series of interviews featuring successful professionals who are making a mark and a difference in their lives and others. They will share their incredible stories of how they did it, so you can be inspired and learn from the very best.
1: So First of all, Jose, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for taking the time to be with me. It's amazing I got to meet with you not too long ago in person. I've known you for a long time, Mm -hmm. Um, heard great things about you always knew that you were killing it, that you were doing amazing and got the pleasure and the honor to meet with you not too long ago. And you definitely made a huge, huge impact on how I see our business and how I see the potential in our business. So thank you uh, for the opportunity to meet you and thank you for being here today. Uh, The goal of our podcast is to share your story, to share where you came from, where were the beginnings, how you got inspired to get into the business and just get to know who Jose is. So, if you don't mind, tell me a little about, about who you are, where you're from, and how do how do we get here today?
2: Yeah. Um. So, um. Yeah, so, people that don't know me, you know, my name is Jose Samano, Jose Roberto Samano, right? And uh, I I was born in Mexico. I was born in Mexico, and uh, I came to the U.S. when I was nine years old. Um. Okay. You know, my mom brought me. She was able to get a visa. Um and she probably when I was nine and uh um you know I, I I learned how to speak English really quickly. Uh I found out that there was a pizza party program in our school. Uh so whoever read the most books got invited to a pizza party. And <laughs> I loved pizza So I made sure that I read a ton of books. Um and that actually kind of helped me with you know just learning how to speak English a lot faster. Um, and, um, the second year, um, so I passed my ESL classes, like in the first year that I was in my class. And in the second year, they actually asked me to be the translator for a lot of the kids that were from, you know, Mexico, Central America, South America. So I've always, I guess, been in this position, you know, looking back in hindsight, um, <laughs> to, tell them everything. Like literally as a teacher was speaking, I was translating to them. Like what was the task what was going on? And, um, you know, um, funny story is actually one of those, uh, clients or one of those people, uh, his name is, uh, Tony. I, I, actually helped them purchase a home two years ago, which oh was my like,
1: God. what full a full circle. Yes. That yeah. A and, story. Um,
2: yeah. And then, so, so, you know, I, I, you know, my mom obviously is a single parent and, uh, um, there was a lot of me being at home by myself, and you know, with any immigrant story, right? Like you're you're having to be the translator for your mother. You're having to be the decision maker at a young age because mom was like, "What insurance should I pick? Oh, well, this right, one, mom. right? Uh, you know, what classes should you take? I don't know, mom. I think these ones. You know, PE all day, right? And then so stories, <laughs> so, so, um. You know, I didn't want to be a burden for my mother. So I always kind of tried to do the right thing, um, try okay. to make sure, that, you know, put myself in her shoes and and, and, and do what was right. And then so uh, when I was 16, 17, I got an opportunity to work for one of my cousin's offices as a kind of like a receptionist. And back mm-hmm. in the day, I needed to put stuff into into packages and and and, and do things like that. Right. Because that's how you would save all of the files. I don't know if you remember right, that.
1: Right. Absolutely, I do. And
2: so we needed to do that. And then, so I did that for about three months, four months, and then I got fired uh, <laughs> because I would show up with like wrinkly shirts, which sometimes but you I still need to look
1: your best. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he was just like, you need to look sharper. And I was like, dude, I'm 16. Like, I'm <laughs> getting on a bus to get here. Like, relax. <laughs> right? Right, right, right. But, um, you know, um, then at 18, 19, he, he, Created like a loan company, and he was like, "Hey, you know, well, why don't why don't you? I know you're good at math. Why don't we start doing loans or whatever?" And mm-hmm. I said, "Well, yeah, I mean, let's do it." Um, and in six months, I was running the entire refi department. In a year, wow. I was doing all the all the all the purchases for for the for the office. And then two years after that, I parted ways and I went to go work at a company called Bear Stearns.
1: Okay, I was
2: their twelfth employee and their youngest employee then um, I was in the state of California there, there's the 12 employee for the state of California um, and they came up with like you know the option arm loan right but this okay, time I was actually,
0: I yes yes yeah.
2: and then, so I was working in the bank right so I was seeing underwriters I was seeing funders I was seeing doc drawers I was seeing people in secondary packaging the loans pricing um, and so it gave me like a pretty good in-depth idea of like, the behind the scenes. Once I submitted a loan, since I was on this side of the world, they gave me a look in inside of what an actual bank right. looked Right. And um, you know, I worked there for about two years, and um, people really liked me there, and I worked my butt off. You know, and uh, after that, um, you know, the recession happened in two thousand eight, and uh, I was one of the people that volunteered to be laid off. You know, I felt like you know, I, I gotten to know a lot of the people that worked there and I didn't necessarily needed to support a family or, or anything like that. It was just me. So for me, the right thing was for me to let me let go and, and to keep the people at the office that, uh, that were, you know, that have a family or needed to support someone, I you know, to have an opportunity. And one of my friends, uh, his name is Henry. He goes, Hey, Jose, you know, I have a ton of, uh, have a ton of business and actually a former friend of our, well, a friend of ours Mary Lou Bailon he was working with Mary Lou and uh-huh. uh um you know it it uh it was uh let's just say there wasn't as many deals as i thought there was
0: <laughs> uh, is and that, isn't
1: that interesting? A lot of times we always hear like, "Oh, there's so much business going on," and what do they yeah. call it? I always think the um, grass is green on the other side until you get there, right? And then you realize it's not as green as they painted, right? But yes. let's 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 talk a little bit about um, going back. I wanted to touch bases about the beginnings because a lot of times, again, uh, we want to we want to show that our audience today. Uh, you said you started working at 16 years old. <laughs> right yes so going back to the 16 year old self, what would you tell jose if you had a chance to to see him again today and said okay here's here's where you were at 16 this is what you did what would you do differently what would be the things you'll say jose make sure you do this instead of that is there any special something that you did that you wish could have done better or you wouldn't die necessarily i I mean i wish i
2: probably would have worked at a I mean, in a way, I guess I would have wished I would have worked at a like like at a bank institution where I had a little bit more, more, more help now, at 16 now. So like at 16, I mean, honestly, that I was just what it was there to do. Yeah, and experience. yeah, yeah. On. I mean, so maybe at
1: 18 when you actually went into the lending.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, um, before I made the decision to jump at Bear Stearns, I should I have probably maybe tried to be a loan officer because okay. I was I was really good at packaging deals. Like, I mean, that's the one thing that I could tell people, you know, uh, before you become a loan officer, be a processor first. Right. Right. It allows you to understand a large volume of files very quickly. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. get really good, really fast. So my first year, I think I knocked out like 200 loans. My second year, like 300. Right. This is cross wise. Right. So I literally will have a stack of fundings, a stack of doc drawing, a stack of approved uh, submissions, approved with conditions, um, you know, and and then so it really helped me like move really fast, create processes and systems for me to be able to kind of accomplish whatever I needed to accomplish. And one of the things for me is like, you know, like, like Bill Gates says, right, find the laziest person to do a job. So it'll be so so they can simplify. It. And I think I, I, I'm kind of like that. Uh, I don't you know, necessarily want to say I'm lazy, but I like to simplify things. I don't like redundancy. Uh, I like to create, you know, just shortcuts and processes to That's to just nice. make it easier for everyone. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And so,
2: right. Um, I would say that would be one thing. And then the second thing would be once I, um, you know, took a leap of faith, that I would probably want to have mentored under somebody. Um, that, that would have be been nice. that would have been the thing just to watch okay, what they great. do. They do everything. Yeah. Now, was, it,
1: was there anybody, you, you did mention something about your um, cousin or someone, a family member that was already in the business. Was there anybody else who said that motivated you to get into the mortgage? And we're going to talk about later about, because you're no longer doing mortgages, which is interesting, but yeah. that's where you're beginning for. So yeah. understanding that part of the business, I think has really made a big difference in your business because now you can understand the other side. Uh, where a lot of times people just get into the real estate they never get to see the, the, the lending and mm-hmm. their expectations sometimes are a little bit, uh, again, but we're not going to go there. So anybody other than your cousin, you saw that you motivated you to say, here's I
2: my mother, you know, watching my mom for <laughs> 12 hour days, um, I tell people it's like for, from when I was nine years old, my mom showed me how to get to school one time. I never missed a day of school till my senior year in high school. Right? So my mom would go to work at like five in the morning, four in the morning. She would leave me my meal pass and a dollar. And uh, she was like, all right, mijo, go to school, go do your thing. And whether it was raining or not, like it didn't matter what it was. So I would show up to school like drenched, you know, Like, and my teachers were like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I had to walk here. They're like, you have to walk. Don't you have an umbrella? And I'm like, uh, do you know Santa Ana winds? It's not easy to carry an umbrella uh, when there's like, all this wind coming at you. And so, so you know, that was one of the things. Um, you know, I had to do my own laundry, like and help my mom with that so, kind of stuff. And, um, yeah. So it's very independent. So, going, when we very so young.
1: going there, going there a little bit. I mean, so your mom really, really made you be self-sufficient, yeah, independent and thought you had how to, how to move on through life on your own. So it really were great, great beginnings. I, I I mean, sometimes this is what I've always noticed that a lot of times some of the hardest things we have to go through in life and sometimes early on in life is what shaped us to be who we are. Because if it yeah. wasn't for, yeah. that, for that type of, again, environment that you got brought in, um, you probably wouldn't be here today, right?
2: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, you know, uh, my mom really... Did never really kind of gave me a ceiling, which was always nice. Like, my mom was like, oh, you know, don't do that because that's too much or don't do this or, or whatever, right? Like, my mom was never really kind of like that. It was always her like, mom, I'm going to go do real estate. She so was like, sí, hazlo, mijo. like no importa. Sí, we'll right? yeah, like, she just didn't know, you know? And then I was like, mom, I'm going to get my real estate license. She's like, okay. You know. And actually, my cousin was the one that pushed me. He's like, "Just get your license." I'm like, I don't, "I don't do real estate." He's like, "Just get it." And I was like, "All right, whatever." So I went and I took it. And the same thing for my broker's license. My 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 friend Henry one day was like, "You know what, dude? Why don't you just get your broker's license?" I was 23 at the time, and I was like, "Well, why don't I get my broker's
1: license? Why not?"
2: So I went and why applied for the failed it the first time, but I passed it the second time. So I was excited about that
1: that is amazing what is the yeah, so one of always, the
2: lessons yeah go ahead go ahead so it's kind of like always been really just like somebody telling me like hey why don't you do this and i'm just like yeah why don't why not let's go do it right, okay. and, right. and i didn't really kind of look at it as a difficult thing i don't look at anything as like a difficult thing i look at it as a process so whether awesome. i failed once, i fail at it again tomorrow uh, I'm going to come up on top one day. So it just, you know, two L's make a W. Two losses will make a win if you look at it like <laughs> that.
1: I love that analogy. So, yeah, to, to, yeah. let me ask you, is there any important lessons you learn in life that you that, that you think, okay, and you already touched on one, but any other lesson you feel like this really shaped me and this has really taught me something that I now, you know, because of it, I'm, I'm here and I'm seeing the results of, of my, again, fruits of my labor.
2: Yeah, I mean, one of my cousins that's like, uh, that I know that, you know, that's pretty well off. Actually, two of my cousins, um, you know, one of them told me, make sure you come in on Saturday, you know, to work the butt off, right? Okay. Uh, it was like most of my deals in on Saturday. So I work Monday through Saturday typically, right? Okay. And then my other cousin told me, because cause he's very well off, so I asked, I would always ask him, like, hey, dude, so how do you do it? Like, how do you have a plane? How do you have like all this money? How do you get to travel the world? Like, what do you do? Like, give mm-hmm. me the secret, right? And yeah. he goes, all right, I'm gonna tell you the secret. The secret mm-hmm. is show up at eight and get to work every day. And I was like, come on, but Like, that's not really a secret. Yeah, that's the secret, that's the secret. Just show up to work, show up to work early and get to work and be disciplined and that's it nothing else. 90% of it is showing up. And so that's the thing that we tell our agents too nowadays. You know, I, I, I tell them my story and I said, since I was 18 years old, I showed up at eight or nine o'clock at the office, Monday through Saturday, my entire career for 19 years.
0: Yeah.
2: So, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, let me ask you, is there any regrets that you have that you wish um, that you did or you wish you could have done earlier earlier than later?
2: um regrets i mean you know I, I, at one point you know i i've had a lot of ups and downs in my career like I, you know i had my first mortgage company in 2010 2011 i had a real estate company i opened two real estate companies in 2013 i switched over to the real estate side and i was doing like flips and and things like that and um You know, my business was kind of going down because I was having a little bit too much on my plate and I decided to, um, you know, unknowingly, you know, not knowing how to cope through those things and, you know, all the problems that come like, you know, more, more money is more problems. That is true. Right. Mm -hmm. And So, um, you know, not understanding how to cope with that and creating the correct coping mechanisms to you know, fail and fail, you know, very, like a lot, you know, like just falling off of things. And, you know, I, I noticed now that if things are not going the right way, like you need to double down, like instead of, you know, retreating, it's, uh, Mr. Mulhern told me this, uh, Mr. Bruce Mulhern, you know, rest in peace. Um, he said to me, Jose, you know, you remind me a lot of myself when I was younger, he owned 20, Five offices, um, prudential offices, and he goes. You're very, you're like a go-getter, but you know, at one point, it's fight or flight. So it's either you're gonna stand up and fight, or you're gonna, you know, fade away. And so I think at that point in my career, I didn't really kind of understand that. And now looking back, it's it's anytime I start to kind of feel overwhelmed or anything like that. I, instead of me saying, "Hey, well, you know, I don't feel like going into work because I, I don't feel good," I, I'll show up at six, seven a.m you know because it's only a momentary amount of time that you're going to go through that process yes and so the the more you put it away the 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 worse it gets and so yes. you know I'm I'm still guilty of doing that here from you know from time to time but you know I try to remind myself of do you want to be in that same position or or do you want to come up on top again yes. so you know, and, so. that's
1: very, and that, yeah, and that's very important, Jose. That we share that with the audience because a lot of times, you know, people see you successful now and they see the results, and yeah. they see that, you know, the success side of of our business, of our story, of our lives. But they didn't see you when you were in those days and you were not feeling well, that you were not feeling at your best, that you were not feeling worth of, you know, getting those results. And and you still got up and you still went and did it. So something that I've always um, encouraged everybody that I came in contact with. Um, your discipline and your consistency will get you the results.
2: Correct. All right. Correct. All right. And then so sometimes um you're gonna you gotta lose yourself to find yourself, you know, is 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 it's really true, at least in, in, in my end, you know. I kind of, you know, push myself to the edge on that end and um uh, you know, I just started, you know, doing little things, you know, like from somebody was uh I was on the phone once and somebody was like, dude, you sound like these guys that like talk about like you know like deals and like you you sound like these podcast people and i was like "You should." <laughs> I was like, what? And he's like yeah you should you should like you should take this book and they gave me like a grant cardone book and i okay i was listening to it and i was like i don't sound like this guy this guy has a accent from like you know south you know like the, the south and i'm uh-huh. like from like mexico like i have like a mexican accent you know and then so and she goes like, no, you know, dummy, like I, I, the way you're saying things, it sounds kind of like that. And I said, OK, cool. So I started really getting involved into just, um, you know, uh, car university. Right. So I started listening I to books all the time. Like people were so tired of me listening to <laughs> audible tape in my car. Like I literally would do that all day. And I think that was a big thing in my career that helped me you know, start capitalizing on leads. With like...
1: your mindset, you know, because things we need help. a lot of times people don't realize that even though you be self-motivated, even though you, you try to be this example, there are days that you also need some help. Like I remember at one point I was listening to um, Tony Robbins. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll kid you now that somebody in my family said one day, when are you going to stop listening? And I said, well, when I don't need him. Right now I, knew it, I need it. I need it. I need to have these reminders. I need to have this thing on my ear that reminds me that i can do this that i can you know make it happen that i can go do accomplished things because again it's so easy to fell off you know like oh today i don't feel good let's just not go in oh tomorrow you know i'm gonna go in late and then before you know that week that could be productive ended up being a disaster because you didn't push yourself to to go there um you you said the videos i mean the audio tapes it, do you believe in and mentoring coaching is there is there anybody specific that you had help from them in terms of coaching you through those times
2: honestly i didn't and that's the one thing that i've kind of regret um but i did have people that influenced me one of my friends okay. Paul Colorado, i don't i don't think he knows how much, um,
0: fact, how much
2: yeah. to me uh you know he made a cool statement one time and he was like dude it's off and on it's just an off and on switch you choose to make the wrong decisions and i choose to make the right decisions that's why i'm here And so we all have that same choice, but it's, it's you overcomplicated. It's not that complicated. It's either you're doing the right thing or you're not doing the right thing. And that's going to lead you down the path that, you know, you see for yourself. So, you know, uh, he's extremely disciplined and, you know, I admire uh, that about him and, you know, what he does. And so, you know, that was a person in in that particular time. Now today, you know, my partner, Jeffrey McGonagall, like. Him and his wife Monse are just an inspiration to me, and you know, just trying to get better and just being surrounded with people like that. You know, uh, my my onboarding manager, office manager Ruben, like he's he's amazing. Like he impresses us every single day, bringing in like new things that we didn't even know he could do. That now we're giving him an opportunity to do, and he's just like blowing us out of the water with AI and automations and. Things that we were like, dude, you're our onboarding guy. Like, what, what, what this <laughs>
1: from? where did this came from,
2: right? <laughs> and, and and crazy. so it's just been, you know, everyone around us, like all the success coaches in our office, you know, from Cirillo to Sylvia to Abraham, JoJo, you know, Jerry, Jocelyn, putting in a lot of hard work. You know, I, I see how hard they work, and it just makes me want to work harder. Like it just, it just, I don't want to disappoint them, you know, hey. and so. It,
0: it, it, I was uh, going to
1: ask you, what motivates you? Because a lot of times, again, we have to find that the switch that was going to help us get it on when, when again, it's off or it's slow. And we get it up. What motivates you?
2: Well, there's two things. Um, you know, one of the things I tell people is like, I, you know, in Mexican families, it's pretty known for like parents to uh, uh, be a little bit... Uh, you know, for like certain punishments and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, But I grew up with my grandma. And so like grandma makes, uh, grandparents make the best parents, I like to say. And, (laughs) uh, you know, my grandma never really kind of showed me respect in that way. So my my grandma would sit down with me, would talk to me, would tell me like, hey, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. You got to do your homework. You got to do this. You got to do that. So I learned respect through like love, right? Through my grandmother. And it was, you know, um, you know, even with my mom, my mom, like never yelled at me really. Like I was always just, you know, I was just always did the right thing. Like, I never remember a moment where my mom was like, like, Eagle I like you know, like those kind of things. Like, I don't remember that kind of thing. You know, it, it was always just, I did not want to disappoint my, my grandparents or, or, or my mom and nor did I want to be a burden on them. So I just yes. always tried to do the right thing. I would say that, that that's one thing. And then the other thing, um, my mom would always tell me, you know, I brought you to this country to give you an opportunity because you wouldn't have had one. Um uh,
1: cool. it gets me it gets me the chills because you know what? A lot of times we don't we don't realize how lucky we are. We don't realize yeah. what an opportunity we have to be here where the sky is the limit, where the opportunities are endless, where you have the chance to again come as an immigrant, do what you're supposed to do, apply yourself. And yep. do it, and, and get to see the results, and be again that inspiration to others. And some people never have an opportunity.
2: Yeah, and 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 then so now you know that I have an opportunity. It's it's like, and I have the opportunity to give other people an opportunity. I feel like it's my duty to do that. Yes. And so um, you know, we're trying to create a platform to give as many people that wanted an opportunity to not only better themselves, um, to get into this real estate industry, um, to really learn how to do real estate in, in today's time, because real estate has changed so much since I got started. And, um, you know, I feel like we are on this path of like the future of real estate agents and what it's really going to take for you to succeed in the years to come. And so, We've been on this path for now. For me, it's been about 10 years. Uh, for our office, it's been about two years. With my team, it's been about five years. And mm-hmm. uh, we're just, I feel like we're heading in the right direction. You know, um, it's learning new tools. I feel like the industry is changing from the non professional agent into the professional agent, yes. which I like. I, I like people to take this as a real career, not yes. necessarily looking at this as a part time job. Um, And not knocking anybody who's doing this part-time. If you are, you know, I commend you. And, you know, I know
0: it's... And
1: you do do what you think is good for you at this particular time. I mean, there are a lot of people that I've known in the business. I've been doing it for 16 years. I've always been in the lending side. I've stayed in the lending side. I love the loan side of our our business. But I always said, do what works for you. Do what's best for you at this stage of your life. If you do have to do it part-time, do it, but do it with all you got. Those... Afternoons or those mornings or those weekends, dedicated, be at 100%, you know, and do what's what's necessary. Some people go in and do a part-time for years until their kids get older. Some people do a part-time until they get enough income to, to be able to support themselves. So I think the biggest thing for me is get started, whatever you're comfortable with. But you are doing something even more. Um, Again, like you said, for those who are serious about building this as a career, take it seriously. I mean, tell me what is it that you're you're doing with your team? Because I got to see it and I really want you to share with with the audience because I was blown away. I'm like, if every agent out there had an opportunity to see this, Mm
0: -hmm. what
1: can they do? How much can they accomplish?
2: yeah i know right and so the first thing is we consider ourselves real estate say professional real estate sales athletes right um and so w- what that means is um essentially for us it's like we look at the kobe analogy or, or or michael jordan analogy which is you know even after they were at their pinnacle they were still shooting free throws They were still practicing the basics. They were still doing this stuff. So in our office, we train anywhere from 15 to 25 hours a month. That's like a minimum amount of training that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not including like, um, you know, when we have trainings from, you know, industry leaders from, you know, Zillow to HomeLite to, you know, First American. We had a 1031 exchange class today. We have a A YouTube class the next day we have like we have so many classes and we're constantly constantly role playing we role play Tuesday through Thursday and for some people that really want to just take advantage of an extra day I'll even do an extra role play on Fridays uh, for anybody that it's off the books but if they want to do it you know we just do it and we'll train on anything that they want to go over whether it's listings or buyers or whatever right and um, that consistency over time really has allowed us to 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 develop agents. I mean, some agents in my office, two weeks into being in my office, they get a listing, they get a buyer. Now, we also have agents that are in our office for three to six months. Everyone's journey is going to be a little different, yes. right? And for some people, some people already have a sales background. Some people already have a natural sales ability. For some people, we have to develop that muscle. But I can yes. tell you that over time, you can become a great sales athlete as long as you put in the work, right? And so- mm-hmm. We have people that are like, my favorites are the shy ones who are like, so <laughs>
1: introverts, right? I don't talk to yes. anybody. I'm not good at sales. I don't know if I can do this.
2: Yeah. And then and you I'm-
1: give them the little, then you leave in the little ilito, and boom, they take off, right?
2: Just, just tell, right? And then, yeah. so, so especially with today's consumers about educating them, giving them yes. value, right? So we're going to give you all the tools, all that kind of stuff. And the one thing that we do different is that, We don't think agents are lazy, which is what a lot of brokers sometimes say about agents. What we think is agents are overburdened and are having to wear too many hats, excuse the pun, right? And they're having to do too many things like you got to be the Fizbo guy. You got to be the Mojo dialer guy. You got to be the Z buyer guy. You got to be the Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. You got to door knock. You got to host open houses. You got to show mm-hmm. homes. And I'm like, So when do you write offers and do listing contracts? <laughs> so we take care of a lot of the lead generating for the agents. And mm-hmm. we take care of a lot of the nurturing for the agents. So they just focus on conversion. Okay. Um, and so... To give you an example, this year, we've are already had over 300,000 phone calls for the year uh, okay. something we're proud of. That's as a team. Uh, we are over 12,000 appointments as a team for the office. Wow. Um, and these are appointments that are generated from us or from our agents, from their open houses. Um, and this is just the type of environment that we want to create, the type of tenacity and grit that you need in today's market. It's not going to take the same amount of effort that you did last year to be successful this year. Right.
1: Absolutely. And, and that's and, something that I was going to ask you to cover, because, again, you said something about earlier uh, what a real estate agent used to do, you know, 10 years ago to us today. Markets changes. Um, the shift came. We're in the middle of it. What are we doing to pivot during this time? And you just mm-hmm. you just brought up a couple points. So what are you agents doing differently of what is going on out there in the market? Because most people, and this is true, you and I talked about it, some of them are like exiting the business. Oh, it's done, I can't do it, there's not enough business. But then yeah. I go yeah. to your office and everybody's getting listing appointments, everybody is on the phone. It's creating that environment where people are able to succeed during this market.
2: It's funny because a lot of times like we'll have agents in our office they're like, you know, everybody keeps saying that the market's changing, but I don't notice it. I don't feel it. I don't feel it. What's going on? And I'm like, you don't feel it because you're making 50 dials a day. Right. I always say, you know, an appointment a day keeps the bills away. Right. And so (laughs) that's uh, a good one. Yeah. And So, just you know, 50 dials in our office should be able to get you some sort of contact or some sort of appointment. Again, we're constantly buying leads for our office, for our agents. And then we have inside sales agents dialing those leads as well for our agent. And then we have loan officers like yourself also dialing leads for our agents. So it's a team effort here. this is not a, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, we got to go together. And so yes. it, it's, it's a big shift in the way that well,
1: we- I agree. I agree a thousand percent. And you said something earlier that I want to bring up right now, because if, again, it comes handy right now. Like Surround yeah. yourself with the right people. You know, like I've always pride myself, aligning myself with the right agents, aligning myself with the right people. Because at the end of the day, we are a team. Whether you're a lender, whether you're a real estate agent, whether you're an escrow company, company, whether whatever your, your your piece of the puzzle is, we are a team, and we need to surround ourselves with the right people.
2: Correct. Do you agree? I definitely agree. Um, it's extremely important to uh, for your partners. You know, especially. Like I said, it just takes way more effort to be able to get a deal into escrow. Uh, and another thing I tell people is like, do you guys know that you guys are in the Southern California market? Like, this is not the easiest market. Like, <laughs> we're in one of the top market. Like, if you can make it here, you can make it in any state,
0: like, any yes. state,
2: right? And so, so like, I, I just—it's just gonna take that much effort. Like, our our price points are like nine hundred thousand in Orange County, right? Like. You go to Arkansas and not knocking my Arkansas people, but it's like (laughs) 150K. And so sell 100. Like one of the things that people say, which is like it's the same thing selling a hundred thousand dollar home than it is a million dollar home. I mean, it might be the same processes, but it's not the same thing, right? It's the conversation that you're having is different. Your your how you press the how you approach the client is different. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. amount of knowledge that you need to have is different. Uh, the amount of experiences that you need to have in order for you to be relatable and to understand are different, right? A uh, million dollar buyer is talking about a CPA. A two hundred thousand dollar buyer is talking about a tax preparer, right? Those are two exactly. different things,
1: exactly. Right. So, so
2: there, there, there's a little nuance there, and and again, not knocking everybody is just, it's just it is what it is, and so you got to be comfortable with having those conversations and understanding where they're coming from, and you know, like sometimes I'll. You know, I, I took. I think we took a $2 million listing the other day, and they were talking about going to Italy and being in this areas and that area. Luckily, right, the right. agent had been in those areas as well, uh, and she was able to knock out that appointment. And the agent ended up picking us, or the client ended up picking us because of that. Um, yeah. Because
0: they had a similar exactly. experience.
1: It does it does take certain certain type of again a muscle, it does take certain amount of practice to be able to get to those to those levels of, of success. Um, we yeah. talked about yeah. you know getting up and, and getting things done. Do you have a morning routine, Jose? Can you share with us?
2: Um, to be honest with you, like my morning routine has changed quite a bit, uh, but I'm getting All back right. into it. Um, right. you know, and it's so- okay.
1: You know what? This is the thing I've always said. You can have a morning routine and you do not have to have one. But at the end of the day, what works for you? What gets you, again, on the mindset to set, today I'm going to go and I'm going to give my best. Today I'm going to get up. For me, it's I'm very structured. I do have to have a morning routine to get myself ready for the day. Some people are, are able to just get up and do one, two things, and they're out, ready to go. What is yours like? Yeah, my, mine's kind of like
2: that. Um, I can I can just kind of get up. But, like, usually, you know, I'll wake up at six like 6.30 – Sometimes I'll, you know, typically by six thirty I'm already up. I'll feed my dog, and you know, I I try to do my late night routine. So I oh. try to at the, at so the end is, of the night. What
1: is your late What is your late night routine? Tell us about that.
2: So it's my emails and all of the notes that I took for the day. I try to repurpose them and put them for the next day, and then um, I I have like a a tab on my on my um, on, on my Google Chrome that says research later. And then I have the little star button for all my emails that I couldn't read in depth and research and, and take my time. So I do those at night. Anything I can reply right away, I reply right away. But anything that's going to take me a while to research or anything like that, I star it. And then I can think about it at night and, and kind of slow down. And then I also try to read all my text messages from that day. Um, because I always find that I forgot one or two people that I was supposed to contact back or whatever. And then, so I'll put them on my to-do list for phone calls. And I really try to do that and plan my day as much as I can. If I don't ever do that, um, you'll find me kind of running around, like not knowing what to do um, because in the mornings for me by like 9 a.m., 8.30 typically, it's already like, boom, like awesome.
0: it's gone, you know? And,
2: yeah. And then, so I try to really plan my day the night before
1: the night before okay
2: yeah that's because I need to attack the day so that's yeah. my, my whole mentality is I need to attack the day I can't let the day attack me because I feel like life is a bully and it's always trying to figure out ways to like bully you whether it's you know getting a broken window flat tire uh the deal didn't go your way mm-hmm. or like and so I feel like life is just kind of like that a lot of the times it's just it's just how you cope with it and and so I always just say, I'm going to let you be a bully to me today, man. I'm going to beat you. And, I'm
1: ready. I'm ready for you. Bring it on, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Now, another question. The one question one one one. One. And, and I know you and I talked a little bit about a baby. How do you balance life, work, family now coming to be a new dad? How does hmm. that look like for Jose?
2: Honestly, um, my wife is amazing. Uh, <laughs> is my rock. She is who has kept me sane through a lot of these things. And it's somebody that I uh, know that loves me. And, um, you know, whatever decision I make, whether it's good or bad, I know she's always extremely supportive of, of what I do. And, and, um, it's just the love that I get from her. That's like unconditional, you know? And, um, she really kind of believes in me, and I've had my ups and downs, you know. So I'm, I'm human; I make mistakes. Oh, and, um, one of the things is, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out my work-life balance because when you're in this, to be honest with you, to 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 be able to do what it is that we're trying to do, it's gonna be hard to have a work-life balance. So I have more of a partner and somebody that really kind of understands where I'm coming from. And we had to have a talk one at one moment in life, and I said, "Look, honey." It's either you're gonna be with a guy that's constantly working and it's always chasing something for us to be in in in, you know, whether it's a better situation or 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 for us to just for me, it's for me to take advantage of the opportunity that I was giving, uh given. And so I, I, I just need to do it. Like I need to do it for my mother, like I need to do it for you, I need to do it for my child. And so my baby's not born yet. he's gonna be born yeah. November thirteenth. And so it's coming. I know I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to the version of myself that my baby is going to see. Because as I'm going through this process, uh, the one thing I remind myself every day is who do I want my child to know as a parent?
0: Mm-hmm. And so
2: that's mm-hmm. the thing that I am really trying to uh, make sure, you know, make, make sure I'm working up early, that I have an amazing attitude towards the day, that nothing really kind of bothers me. Um, these are all things that are like super important to me. I, I'm trying to right now, even though like as soon as I get home, my first two hours, I just, you know, because I typically go home by 7, 730. Mm-hmm. Um, most times it's just for my wife. And then I said at nine, you can watch your novella. I'm going to get to work for <laughs> day, And then tomorrow we'll have an amazing day in the morning. So that that's kind
1: brilliant. of how I do it. So that's, that's a great routine. I mean, actually, I like it. I I learned something and I'm going to share it with you because it really has made a change on me. Um, since you do things at night, I implemented this only six months ago because one of my coaches suggested uh, take the time to write three wins for the day, whatever those were, and mm. then write three wins that you want to accomplish the next day.
2: Honestly. So, yeah. What
1: did I accomplish today and what is my goal to accomplish tomorrow? And it has well, made a huge difference. Three things that I did today that made me feel good, and what am I going to do three things tomorrow? And it's just amazing. So, and, and exactly. if you do it at night, and if you do it at night, like you said, you you're setting up yourself for the next day.
2: Yeah, there's a there's a a, a notepad that we use. It's called the remarkable. And so we're always carrying around my partner Jeff and I. We always have a little remarkable writing our notes down. We write notes about everything, you know. it's like <laughs> we're always writing notes down. Uh, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, life is good. Um, like I said, it, it's still, it, there's still a lot of things that happen and, you know, we, we always wish we we're in a, in a better place, but, you know, I just, sometimes I'll sit down with my wife and I'll just say, you know, we're just so lucky, you know, sometimes we watch the news and, um, yes. you know, you watch a lot of things that are happening. And I think it's important to, 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 to watch those things too to not be ignorant towards the way the world is, it's actually moving just because it doesn't make you feel comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things that are happening that, you know, you, you need to have some awareness for and, and, and make sure that, uh, um, you know, that you just, you just treat people nice. You know, there, it's like, we, we again have an amazing opportunity to, to be here and to yes. get to do what we want every single day. And, you know, 4th of July just and happened. Yeah.
1: Enjoy- and- And enjoy life because a lot of times I feel like we're always chasing the next goal and the next, you know, house, the next car, the next number in production or whatever the case might be. And sometimes we don't stop and enjoy the little things, enjoy those moments with the family, with the kids. I mean, I have kids and and I feel like sometimes we, we go through life and we don't realize how lucky we are. Like my business has given me the opportunity to be present in my kids' lives and their Games and their school and and all of those things. And I would never have been able to do it if it wasn't because I'm in the business where I have the flexibility to be able to get up and go if I need to, go take care of things if I need to. I mean, I'm sure you probably, as you have your baby, you're gonna come to to do those things, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful experience. And enjoying the process. You you touched on it a couple of times, but enjoy the journey. You know, there will be days that you're not gonna feel like, but just what, do it anyway. You're gonna look back, and the only thing you're gonna always remember is like, you know what, I made it through. You know, I was able to overcome that.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's um, you know, like I said, I don't I don't think I've ever really had a, a work life balance. I've always been a, a workaholic. You know, I, I really enjoy. <laughs> so recently, I've been having a little more time. Again, thanks to my team. Uh, yes, it's, it's it's they're doing. I guess they're doing a great job with me, right? Um, but I. Um, you know, I understand that I'm approaching a certain, uh, a different stage, stage my of your life. Yes,
1: mm-hmm. a different stage. And, and it'll be beautiful. I guarantee
2: yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. And it, it requires a different version of myself. So um, I'm getting ready to uh, reinvent myself into, you know, somebody that's, um, you know, just slightly different than who I was before. I can tell you that in the last two years, I'm a completely different person than who I was before. Just even in the last five years, I mean, if you knew me five years ago, till the person that I am today, it's it's night and day. And wow. um, you know, I, I it's think. And what think, made
1: and what made that change? Tell me what happened five years ago that made you be now a completely different version of yourself.
2: My what failures. Changed?
1: There you go. Okay.
2: My failures, being you know, like just like literally I had, I had made a million dollars when I was like 25, 26. And then I lost everything to the point where I needed to live back at my sister's house. And, you know, thank you to my sister and my brother-in-law for giving me an opportunity. And, you know, I just kind of really lost myself, you know, because like I said, you know, it just takes a little bit. I went through depression. I went through all these things. And, you know, one day I just said, you know, enough, like, this is not who I want to be. And, uh, I need to be a different person. And, um, you know, I started again working at a Remax office, and I helped that Remax along with a few other folks uh, to get up to, all the way up to three hundred and fifty million. Uh-huh. I got an opportunity at a second office. I I took that office from zero to thirty million a month in production in about six months, and then I was given an opportunity to work for EXP. And uh, at EXP, you know, with the help of you know a friend of mine, Leo, uh, somebody I know and respected. You know, he helped me out and, and and you know we all kind of put in a lot of work you know the um, mighty you know she's also somebody that helped me quite a bit and you know it's just you know i just want to say thank you to them but at the same time it, it requires a ton of work to do what we do right, right. and it's like being in there every single day working 12 hours every single day being in the trenches with your agents really earning their respect and doing all of that um you know takes a lot of effort and in that two year two and a half year period Uh, we've closed 1,300 transactions and hit about a billion dollars in production. So um, it's something that we're super proud of, um, but it doesn't come, you know, like a lot of people think. It's just like, oh, yeah, Jose just wakes up and gets a deal. It's like, (laughs) no. They they just drop
1: in. They just show (laughs) up.
2: Yeah. I mean, even just having a Zillow Flex relationship, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about I lost thousands of dollars learning how to use Zillow um and understanding the nuances understanding that i couldn't take 80 leads a month mm-hmm. understanding that i couldn't take not even 30 leads a month right that i needed a team and that i needed this and that and i needed a great lending partner uh shout out to neil you know like all these things that you need in order for the ship to be going in the right direction and it's constantly you throw in water you know outside of the no, ship that-
1: out, of, out of the boats it doesn't sink in, right? <laughs> yeah. Keep going,
2: and it's it just fun. You know, it's just fun. It's it's it's. You know, that's what we do. We it
1: we enjoy you know, the ride, Jose. I think yeah. we learn to enjoy the ride because again, there's always things coming our way in our industry, and in our business, even in life. Mm-hmm. I heard this coach once uh, told us, and he said a lot of people wait for the right time. They're always waiting for the right opportunity. And he said, "When was the last time that your life was perfect?" Everything was in place, done. and we all looked at each other like, "Never." So then, why are you waiting for? Yeah, There's get never up gonna... and do it. Just get it done. Just get going with it. He goes, oh, "It'll never be the perfect time." So just what? Do it anyway.
2: It's funny that you say that because my wife and I, when we, you know, when she found out I was pregnant, she was like, "Are we ready?" <laughs> like, well, I'm thirty-seven years old. You're thirty. Uh, when are we going to be ready? When You're right. You know, right, so right. might as well now. You know, yeah. like let's let's go for it. You yes. know, and let's try to be the best version of ourselves as we can. And she's matured so much; she's gone through like a whole process herself. And she's an amazing person.
1: That is awesome. Like now,
2: it just it just
1: can't wait to meet that baby Jose soon. Oh <laughs>
2: yeah, no, <it's> crazy! <laughs> I, I, I I'm excited for it. I and my Perfect. whole family is as well. Everyone is pitching in, everyone's
1: like, hey, baby shower, hey, this. I'll yes, sure. yes. I want to be invited to the baby shower. I want to see the baby uh, Jose coming soon. Yeah, um, tell I me, know. Jose, what's, what's coming up next for you? I know you have so much going on right now, but tell me, is there any specific um, new goals that you're working towards? Or is there anything specific that you're working on? Um, yes. Tell me.
2: We are trying to hit, uh, uh you know, we have an office in Riverside. We're trying uh-huh. to get another 100 to 200 agents here in this office. Okay. Um uh, Plenty, plenty of leads who are looking for people who are full-time, people who are ready to go, people who want to make a difference, who want to take their career from you know five deals to 15 deals, from 10 deals. On average, our office, first-year agents never having a license are going to close eight to 15 deals. Second-year agents close 15 to 25 deals okay. a year, right? That puts you in the top 1% of all the agents in the entire country, specifically in this area for the volume amount, right? And um, we're also looking to hit 350 listings. One of the things that we get knocked on a lot is, Jose, well, you just work with Zillow. I'm like, well, yeah, Zillow uh, buyers are also sellers. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, And then, so a lot of times people are calling on the property they like, but they need to sell the house that they need to buy. And so people don't really kind of understand that. And so, um, and and, and then- so.
1: Thank you for saying that because I am on the lending side and I always tell them because a lot of agents were like, oh, I don't want to work with buyers. And I'm like, you do not understand. Like you said, some of them are calling to buy a house, but they already have a house that they need to sell or they're going to be buying today, but they'll be your sellers two, three years from, from now.
0: I don't
2: understand anybody who says I don't want to work with buyers. I What I do is I created a buyer's team to help me with that and in our office, you can either be a buyer's agent, you can be a listing agent, you could be a quasi listing agent, meaning that you work with buyers and sellers. We can create a listing team, like so you could be a listing agent and have a buyer's agent team, or you can be a success coach, or you can open up your own brand. So we kind of give you the full spectrum of what you can do uh, within our office. And guess what? You get to get all of our lead sources, everything that we do in our office, we'll coach you and train you. We, we actually have access to teams that are all doing above 500 million or more. That's part of our mastermind that we have um, right now that, that we've created. Um, and it's also to coach other people who are trying to get to that level of yes. production, right? Having the right systems. And it starts, honestly, with the culture change in your office. Because everyone is, um, you know, we've been so engraved ingrained that everyone needs to be their own brand and do their own thing and do their own like just do your own thing like don't work with each other you guys are all fighting against each other even sometimes when you're under the same brand you're like competing against like each individual agent and you know for me it's like there's really no need to do that um and you you know having a clear understanding of the leads and like the support that we give somebody like we have a pipeline manager that calls you and says hey you have a hundred leads let's go over your pipeline let's see which leads don't really kind of are gonna go anywhere which ones you may need a little bit of coaching so i could tell your coach to call you and coach you up on these leads which ones you want to you you need some to send them into the pond so you could get fresh new leads or like let's figure out what's in your pipeline that way you don't have a ton of leads just sitting there right and mm-hmm. so it's just all this help we also check all their metrics right we check how many dials they're making how many appointments they're doing what their conversion rate is from lead to closing from appointment to closing that's amazing most agents are flying with no gauges they're like just they're just flying like they don't even know if they're flying at the right altitude they don't know <laughs> if they're at the right speed they don't know if they're going you know down up what are you doing? They're
1: not measuring, They're not measuring their, their activities. They're not measuring their results. So that's amazing. And that
2: was the same problem for me. So, understanding now that we have the ability to track everyone, not for the sake of micromanaging you, but for the sake of holding you accountable to the goal that you wanted for yourself is the most important thing for us. So, we say, hey, well, you wanted to hit 200,000. You're making one call a day. Do you think well, what going to happen? Well, <laughs> say that. I just kind of you just kind of say, do you need to adjust your goal, or are you <laughs> right. still trying to make 100k? Right, right. I mean, just let me know because then that, that way I don't call you. You know, it's just just mainly that. And sometimes you accountability.
1: need accountability. Accountability is amazing because it does allow you to to realize what is it that I'm I'm doing and what is it that I'm not doing. You know, because again, in right. order for you to get these results, you have to do the activities. Otherwise, those are not going to met. If you're not doing the activities, the results are not going to be there. So. Wow. That's amazing. But thank you for sharing that. Any final thought you want to leave an audience with? There's any, any quote you want to say, anything you want to leave us with?
2: Um, you know, um, I, I used to tell myself um, like, you know, you know, just always take the first step because it may lead to the second and that may be all the momentum that you need to finish this marathon of your career, of life, uh whatever it is. And so whether if you're scared, you know, just take the first step and move forward because it, it just sometimes, you know, we watch people like, ah, I don't like dialing on the phone, you know? And I'm like, okay, so you don't like talking to people? And they're like, well, no, it's not that. It's just I don't like it on the phone. And I was like, okay, well, just pretend like the person is there, you know? And I'm like, so you don't like it on the phone, but you like it in person? Like, it's still the same thing. Like, what no, are you, what are you talking about? You're just making excuses. <laughs> So uh, I tell them I like, like, if you want to do it together like if you want to go into a room together if you want to go into a room and hide for a little bit until you get comfortable enough to have these conversations um but I would just say and then another thing is that you have the ability to create anything that you want in life but you have to put enough energy behind it it's it's a manifestation doesn't happen without your energy and the energy that you're putting into it in the
1: um, right the right in the right space
2: yeah. And then so, and positive energy. Make sure you Absolutely. stay positive.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Jose, it's been a pleasure having you. We touches a lot of different things. I know our audience are going to get tons, tons of aha moments with, with your story, with what you've been doing, what you're working on. And definitely I see nothing but more success uh, coming your way. I can already see what's coming. Um, I'm so lucky and happy to be able to get in touch with you in this life, in this particular time in, in, in our career. So thank you. Thank you. Wishing you the best. We'll be in touch and can't wait to see the baby soon. Bye. Oh yeah, bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Level Up Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are found. So you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, you can leave a five-star review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Until next time, we hope you level up.